So, it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, take, it says take the helmet of salvation, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Take it. Get hold of it. Hold it. Use it. Wield it. Okay? So what is God saying? What is God doing? What are you believing him for? We've had testimonies already this morning. People have taken the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and they've been wielding it. They may not have realised that that's what they were doing, but that's what they've been doing. Did you hear Sue's testimony? What did the Lord put in Sue's hand? A sword. Sword. Sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. He's doing a number on her. He's sorting her right out, isn't he? And she, I believe, is responding really well to him. Okay? So, this... This picture, this image, but this is the weapon of the Holy Spirit. What this is the weapon of the Holy Spirit, it's the sword of the Spirit. What is the weapon of the Holy Spirit? Word of God. What is the weapon of the Holy Spirit? So the Holy Spirit has got a weapon it's called the Word of God. And Paul, in his letter to Ephesus, is saying, take the sword of the Spirit. But it's the Holy Spirit's weapon. Yes, because he calls us to partnership. We can wield the weapon of the Holy Spirit because he's in us and through us. So the word of God, so Sue said that when Jesus was tempted, he said, it is written. Just before that, it says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, went into the desert, was tempted and said, it is written. Holy Spirit Word of God, people of God, all goes together. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And in the Greek, the word in Ephesians is uh, the Rima word. It's that now word, that specific word. It's speaking personally, deeply into us. The Word of God... Uh, Hebrews says, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is living and active. Why? Because it's God-breathed. Timothy tells us that. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. The word of God, God breathed. 
I'll go back to Hebrews, please. George, thanks. Well done. You're awesome. Um, For the word of God is living and active. Holy Spirit-empowered word. It becomes alive. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, even divide between your soul and your spirit. So we've, we've got a soul. What is our soul made up of? Our, our mind, our will, our emotions. What we think, what we feel, what we decide. Um, our conscience is in our soul. What's good and bad. Um, what else? There's something else in our soul. can't remember that. Our personality. Okay? So there... The word of God comes into our soul. He, he points and he stabs into what you're thinking about, into what you're feeling, into the choices that you make, who you think you are. The word of God comes in to divide between what is of the soul and what is of the spirit. Okay? And the only way... Our spirit, so Ephesians tells us that we are, are dead in our sins. Unless we're born again of the spirit, our spirit comes alive. So what we do when we come alive, we're responding to the word of God. So we hear the gospel. We hear that Jesus Christ died for us. We hear that Jesus Christ was buried. We hear that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. We hear that Jesus Christ uh, appeared to many people. We recognise that Jesus Christ is still appearing to many people. That Jesus gave his Holy Spirit to living people. This is good news, that we respond to that good news and we can be born again of the Spirit of God. And we can take hold of God's word for our lives, his purposes, his plans. So it divides between soul and spirit, your joints and your marrow. Joints and marrow, that's, that's a joint, elbow. Everyone bend your elbow, so keep your weight. And inside your bones, you've got some marrow. So external, internal. External, internal. Judges, the, uh, sorry, the cuts between marrow, sorry, cuts between joints and marrow. What is external, what is internal in terms of relationship in the body. God's word comes and cuts between what we are inside, what we are outside. Individually, and corporately, what we are inside, what we are outside, what are our thoughts and feelings, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is living and active. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is dangerous. The word of God wants to change your life. And God will keep on speaking, keep on pouring forth speech to grab us, to get our attention, not just to see us be saved and become a Christian and get 
to a church meeting, but no, to become the very person he has called you to be. He's called us out of darkness into light. He's called us for purpose, the purpose. So we need to grab hold of the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What are you saying? What are you doing? Now, this sword is making me feel quite powerful, right? The sword is an offensive weapon and it's a defensive weapon, okay? But you know what? It's making me feel powerful. It's making me feel strong. It's making me feel confident. It's doing something to me. And that's what God's word does to us, that when we get hold of it, we start feeling more secure, more confident, more powerful. Do you know what? I've got some authority in me now. The word of God gives us authority. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let God's living and active word do its work in you and through you. In you and through you. Right? We are to be those that share the good news of Jesus with other people. Okay? I, Romans 1.16 says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. The word of God is powerful. The message of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful. It can save people. When you believed the truth of Jesus, when you believed about his coming and his death for you and his burial and his resurrection and his ascension, when you believed that, it changed everything. The good news of Jesus is powerful. I'm not ashamed of it, for it is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. Our powerful God has got a powerful word, and it's good news. It's good news for lost people. It's good news for found people. Never forget the gospel. Never forget the good news of God's word becoming flesh. Never get bored with it. Be excited that God himself would come to earth and become one of us. Living Word, the living Word made flesh, and he wants to do it again. He wants to do it again through you and me. He wants to do it again through his church. Living Word made flesh. That we can bring forth the living Word of God to people. Like we, well, like, we want to be a prophetic people, don't we? To speak out God's words to others, to proclaim it, to energise their life, to stir them up, to provoke something in them, to get them to see what you see about them, to get the revelation that God gets. I sometimes think about Drew. He, he, must, like, he must get so frustrated at times because he sees things in the spirit about people and he speaks it over them. But do you know what? Unless we take hold of it, believe it, and work it out, it's just it's just a nice sorry, no disrespect, it's just a nice show. 
But that's not, that's not what Drew's about. That's not what it's about. If the living word of God... So it says in James, humbly accept the word that has planted in you. Humbly accept the word that's been planted in you. You can be saved by it. God's word is a word that rescues us. God's wisdom will rescue us from all sorts of problems. God's godly insight will save us from all sorts of problems. God's word wants to save and rescue us. God's word wants to send us out empowered and equipped, mighty, mighty people of God. So what do we need to do? We need to take hold of the sword of the spirit, the spirit's weapon, take hold of it with him. And so um, take hold of the sword of the spirit. Use it, wield it, for it is the word of God. Speak it over yourself. Evans said, I've been standing on these two scriptures. I've been standing on them. I've been reading them. I've been thinking about them. I've been putting my faith and hope in them. This is the word that Jesus said to me. I believe he's going to do it. So he stood on the word. He took the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then it goes on in Ephesians to say, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So we, there's something about God's Word, God's Spirit, God's people getting together with a prayerful attitude, praying in the Spirit led by Holy Spirit, guided by Holy Spirit, in relationship with Holy Spirit. We need a Holy Spirit relationship. Like I've been, We need to know Jesus and make him known. To know Jesus is to know the Holy Spirit, is to know the Father. When we uh, pray, we get to know him more, we get to know ourselves more. And I want to say this, that the... The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, um, we need to be praying it, speaking it out, declaring it, saying what it is. There's power in it. So it's praying in the spirit, not praying in the flesh, but praying in the spirit. So our flesh, James says, I think it's chapter 2, he says that... um, you, you don't get because you don't ask God. And when you do ask God, you ask with wrong motives. Okay? He knows our motives. He knows our heart. He knows the difference between a selfish, fleshy prayer and a, a spirit-led prayer. So a spirit-led prayer does not begin with me. My, a spirit-led prayer begins with heaven begins with the Spirit of God, with the Spirit of God and my spirit getting together and then something's coming out that I need to pray about that. I need to pray about that. And so we will get wisdom, we will get godly insight, we will know what to pray. The Spirit himself helps us how to pray. Romans 8 tells us that that often we don't know how to, to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans. Oh, God, I don't, I don't even know. We can pray silently. We can pray. We can pray silently, and silent prayer is good. But you know what? 
as Drew often says, that spiritual, I can't remember exactly what you say, spiritual things are voice activated. Voice activated. There's something about it when we speak it out loud, when we declare it to ourselves, to others, and to the demonic forces, and to God himself. When we speak it out, something happens. There's, there's voice activation going on. And you know, some of us are more silent than others. I'm not talking about personality or anything like that, but we need to get a voice. And you know, I believe, I, without being too melodramatic about it, I believe that the enemy has been coming after my voice. So I've had some, I've, I've had some health issues that have manifested in me going hoarse in my voice. Well, that's no good for me, is it? I need to be able to speak. So that's a scheme of evil coming against me, what God's purpose, God's plan for my life, stuff like that. So recognise that when you've got problems and issues, there might be a, a reason for it. The, 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 we've been talking about the battle, the world, the flesh and the devil, and... Uh, there might, knowing Jesus, making him known, there might well be a strategic thing going against us that we think, oh, why is this happening to me? So we need to be alert and aware and pray about it, seek God over it, get some wisdom and insight, and then recognise it and say it for what it is. I recognise you, get out of my life. I don't want you anymore. I'm not going to make friends with you. I'm not going to entertain you anymore. You can do one because this is what God says. This is the word. And, and Jesus always speaks a better word. Over any, if you've had any word spoken to you by a school teacher, sorry, school teachers, or by, you know, they can be, words over us can be a curse to us, can be damaging to us. Jesus always speaks a better word. It's a word of blessing. Blessing for us, but blessing for others. So if we don't take hold of the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, and believe it and live out on it, we're missing out, and so are other people missing out. That, that is just not good enough, is it? It's not the best. It's not what Jesus wants. It's not going to bring in the kingdom of God. So we need to be those that take hold of the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, being alert in it all. That's, God wants us to be a people of prayer, but not prayer where we grit our teeth and just sit through something but prayer that is exciting because we're hearing the revelation of heaven, we're responding to it, and we're praying about it. That sort of stuff, groundbreaking, world-changing stuff can happen in two minutes. And you could pray for three hours and nothing happens because we need to be in relationship and getting it from heaven rather than from self. And very often, um, praying in the spirit being led and guided, you can pray in tongues, you can pray in your native language, you can pray in silence, but there is something about speaking it out. So I think I'm going to end speaking. I've probably spoke. I, want, I just want you 
And now, and when I say you, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you personally. Don't exclude yourself. I'm talking to you. I'm saying to you, do you want to take hold of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? Do you want to take hold of God's Word in your life? Because if you do, come and take it. Symbolically, come up and take it from me. In faith. Okay? Right. So, who else wants to take hold of the sword of the Spirit with the Word of God for their life and what God's saying to them? Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. 